The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Thursday, February 2nd. Coming up today... Stocks extend the Fed-fueled rally. Now it's Europe's turn with the ECB and Bank of England set to raise rates. Meta shares surge on track for their biggest gain in a decade. And tech earnings continue with Apple and Amazon reporting today. There has been an arrest in the attempted firebombing of a New Jersey synagogue. Plus, the U.S. says it will increase its military presence in the Philippines. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stanshower in sports. Reaction to the Tom Brady retirement. The Nets got blown out in Boston. Seton Hall beat St. John. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York, Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Sirius XM 119, and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. It is all about the Fed this morning. Chair Jay Powell is vowing to keep raising rates, but it looks like markets don't believe him. Stocks are rising anyway. Instead, investors are hearing a more upbeat outlook on inflation, keying in on the central bank's failure to push back on the recent rally. Michael Gapin is head of U.S. economics at Bank of America Securities. If they really, really wanted to push back against expectations of easing in financial conditions or cuts later, or just if they wanted to kind of, you know, reassert their intent, they could have gone 50 and they didn't. Bank of America's Michael Gapin says the Fed may hike one more time before pausing. Former Atlanta Fed President Dennis Lockhart says that next policy meeting will be crucial. In March, we'll learn a lot. We'll learn a lot about how they actually see this play ending, meaning how they actually, when they're closer to it, see a stopping point, a hold period, and then ultimately uh, a pivot to easing. Dennis Lockhart points out that Jay Powell did not say the Fed still has a long way to go. Right now, markets are pricing in just one more rate hike this year. Well, interest rates are also in focus in Europe, Nathan. We have a pair of policy decisions set for this morning, and we get a preview from Bloomberg's Leanne Gerrans in London. The Bank of England and European Central Bank are both forecast to raise interest rates by 50 basis points. The BOE is expected to lift their main interest rate from 3.5% to 4%. Now, this will be its 10th consecutive rise. The debate within the ECB may be more finely balanced, however. Euro area headline inflation slowed in January by more than expected, but the core measure of prices held at an all-time high. In London. I'm Leanne Gerrans, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thanks, Leanne. Staying in Europe, shares of Deutsche Bank are down 2% this morning. Fourth quarter pre-tax profit and revenue at the firm fell short of estimates, but Chief Financial Officer James von Molka says he is still optimistic going forward. We're still very pleased with the performance and don't see that as any signal about 2023. In fact, the momentum has really continued strongly into 2023. 
Deutsche Bank CFO James von Molke made the comments in an interview with Bloomberg. Deutsche Bank's gains in fixed income trailed Wall Street for the first time in 10 quarters. Well, back here in the U.S., Nathan, shares of Facebook parent Meta are surging. They're up almost 19% following earnings. And we get the details live with Bloomberg's Steve Rappaport. Steve, good morning. Good morning, Karen and Nathan. Meta stock soaring in early trading after Mark Zuckerberg touted reforms for the platform. I just think we're in, we've entered somewhat of a phase change for the company where we just grew so quickly for like the first 18 years of the company's growth. And it's, it's very hard to really crank on efficiency while you're growing that quickly. Zuckerberg telling investors those changes include removing some layers of middle management and the use of AI to increase productivity. Meta's sales fell 4% last quarter, but still beat expectations. Live from New York, I'm Steve Rappaport, Bloomberg Daybreak. Steve, thanks. It's going to be another big day for tech earnings in the U.S. today. We get a preview from Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger. Apple and Amazon.com are both scheduled to open their books after the markets close. Apple has been dealing with supply chain issues that may have driven iPhone revenue down, and sales growth may have been muted by the strong dollar. But Bloomberg Intelligence says the negative foreign exchange impact should fade as the year goes on, and lost iPhone revenue should recover in the second half. Amazon's fourth quarter sales may have risen an anemic 6%. Gains from Amazon Web Services have slowed, likely offsetting some of the strength from online, advertising, and prime video. Analysts are expecting to hear that Amazon had its first unprofitable year since 2014. Jeff Bellinger, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Jeff, thanks. Let's turn to India now, where shares of Adani are down another 20% today. More than $100 billion has now been wiped off Gautam Adani's empire. We get more from Bloomberg finance reporter Tom Metcalf. I think we are probably now in meltdown territory. So they mm-hmm. sold $2.5 billion worth of shares on Tuesday. And then they actually cancelled that share sale because the share price had fallen so much after that. You know, basically the share sale was underwater. But this for me says so much about India, India Inc. And obviously um, this whole kind of massive, hugely wealthy industry that's built up around the Adanis. Bloomberg's Tom Metcalf says Adani's bonds are now hitting distressed levels. Let's turn now to the debt debate in Washington, Karen. President Biden has held his first meeting on spending and the debt ceiling, sitting down yesterday with House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. President, I had a a good first meeting. Um, I shared my perspective with him. He shared his. And we we agreed to continue the conversation. Speaker McCarthy says he thinks he and the president can find common ground on the debt ceiling. Terry Haynes, founder of Pangea Policy, says there will have to be a deal at some point. I think it's uh, very much in Speaker McCarthy's interest to come out and be conciliatory. Uh, Leave it up to the White House to uh, continue the uh, no negotiations uh, point. Pangea Policy's Terry Haynes spoke with our Washington correspondent Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Sound On. You can catch the show weekdays, 5 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio or listen anytime to the Sound On podcast. It's 29 degrees in Central Park. We'll have a mix of sun and clouds today and a high near 40 degrees. Lows in the upper 20s tonight with a breeze. Now let's take a look at some of the other stories making news in New York and around the world with Bloomberg's Michael Barr. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. The FBI says there has been an arrest after a man was seen on video in a ski mask lighting a Molotov cocktail and throwing it at the front door of a Bloomfield, New Jersey synagogue. Authorities identified the suspect in the temple near to meet attack as Nicholas Malandredos. The U.S. Attorney's Office says the 26-year-old from Clifton was charged with federal arson-related charges 
charges. He will face a judge today. Mourners celebrated the life of Tyree Nichols at his funeral. The 29-year-old died three weeks ago after video shows Memphis police beating him violently during a traffic stop. Vice President Kamala Harris sat with the family. We are here on behalf of the people of our country and our President Joe Biden. Um, and we are here to celebrate the life of Tyree Nichols. Vice President Harris said Nichols' memory will shine a light toward justice. The U.S. and the Philippines have announced an agreement that will give the U.S. a larger military presence in the Philippines. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin spoke in Manila. This is an opportunity to, uh, to increase our effectiveness, increase interoperability. It is not about permanent basing, but it is a big deal. It's a really big deal. Secretary Austin says the idea is to deter China's aims on Taiwan and boost the Philippines' claims in the South China Sea, where China continues to increase its operations. Israeli warplanes bombed parts of the Gaza Strip early today after a bloody month of rising tensions between Palestinians and Israel. The Israeli Defense Forces said its fighter jets struck a production site for raw chemical material production. Stick a fork in plastic forks in New York City. Mayor Eric Adams signed a new law prohibiting restaurants and delivery services from including single-use plastic utensils, napkins, and condiment packages in food delivery orders unless you ask for them. We must have all said it. You know, we order something in the takeout, and we wonder why is all this plastic, you know, utensil. We go home, we have utensils at home, and this was just a brilliant idea. Mayor Adams says the new law takes effect in July. Global News, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thanks, Michael. Time now for our Bloomberg Sports Update, brought to you by Tri-State Audi with John Stashauer. Thanks, Nathan. Nets and Celtics in Boston. This game was decided very early. Celtics jumped in front 35-7. to They led 46-19 to at the end of the first quarter. That lead grew to 49. Boston won by 46, 139-96. Knicks, since that overtime win last week in Boston, have lost to the Nets and Lakers. Knicks tonight host Miami. Seton Hall for the second time this season. Beat St. John's 84-72. The Pirates have won six of their last seven. The Red Storm dropped to four and eight in the Big East. Top-ranked Purdue won by 20, now 22-1 and one on the year. Second-ranked Tennessee lost at Florida. Big free agent signing in the WNBA. Brianna Stewart was an MVP in Seattle, won two championships there. She's coming to New York to play for the Liberty. Tom Brady's retirement announcement means Tampa Bay now needs a quarterback. So does Las Vegas. They've cut ties with Derek Carr. There were thoughts that Brady might go there hook up with Josh McDaniels, who he was with for many years in New England. There was also talk of Brady playing for Miami. His kids live there now. But ESPN reported Brady did not have any interest in joining a new team, that it was going to be either stay with the Bucks or retire, which he is doing at age 45. Family, my friends, teammates, my competitors. Uh, I could go on forever. There's too many. Um... Thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. Brady insists this retirement, unlike last year's, is for good. He's got a 10-year, $375 million deal to now analyze games for Fox. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum, powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, 
influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Live from coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hagram. The morning after a decision from the Federal Reserve, the central bank has dialed back interest rate increases as expected with another 25 basis point rate hike. And Chairman Jay Powell says the Fed is making progress in getting prices back to target. Over the past year, we've taken forceful actions to tighten the stance of monetary policy. We've covered a lot of ground, and the full effects of our rapid tightening so far are yet to be felt. Even so, we have more work to do. And now we're joined by Bloomberg Opinion columnist Marcus Ashworth. And I guess that sets up the operative question, Marcus. How much more work does this Fed have to do? How did you read the statement and the news conference from Chairman Powell? Well, I think, and it's, um, it's not a strong view, but it, it, that the Fed is probably done hiking. I mean, they may do one more. Certainly, if they're done 50, I would have been more confident they won't do any more, which doesn't make much sense. But, you know, they could do another 25, um, but I think that the jury's out on that one. They really will be data dependent. Um, we've seen from some of the, the labor market data, particularly jolts, that there is there is still a really tight labor market, which is keeping them, um, you know, on a very much on a bias to tighten. But that's what we've shifted down to now, a bias to tighten rather than a planned, definitive, absolute tightening. They know how the market works. By going from 75 down to 50, down to 25, they know the market is expecting that they'll go to no- nothing, as in a uh, whole pack for a while. Um, it may be after the next meeting or maybe at the next meeting. But, I mean, we are – we can see the summit. We may be even at it. So – I think that's going to filter through clearly the way Powell put it, which was fascinating, was that he knows the market's running ahead. Uh, he's put it down to a differing view on inflation, and he's relaxed with that. That's body language. I think the market realizes that they are, they're not going to all of a sudden uh, change and, and snap back that, that, that gap in inflation expectations. And, and that's why the market rallied. Because yeah, it was, it was interesting, right. wasn't it, Marcus, to hear the chairman not really push back too hard against the looser financial conditions that we've seen of late. Is that the main reason why you're thinking that there's a bias toward a hike as opposed to a plan? Yeah, well, we saw it from the Bank of Canada. I've been thinking it for a while. I just wasn't quite sure uh, how scary uh, Jay Powell would be. Bear in mind, he was absolutely horrifying uh, at Jackson Hole, and he, you know, he's, he has scared us before. And so you can never be 100 percent sure. Uh, but he, he was he was relaxed, mellow. He's going to watch and wait, see how things are coming along. So I, I think you know they're just in a bias of tight mode now, and that's uh, they know. He also didn't push back, as everyone was expecting, the fact that the market's pricing and rate cuts by the back end of this year. Um, I would have thought he would be much, much harsher on that. He wasn't. So I guess you have to view it as cautiously, calmly uh, dovish. And I think that's how the market reaction is. Uh, and he's not too worried about financial conditions not being as tight as he might have wanted. So a bit surprised. Um, so I, I would say overall dovish, though, you know, it's just that they, they really want to wait, watch and wait. Does this leave room for a surprise from what we're going to hear today from the Bank of England and the European Central Bank? It seems like the markets have priced in um, even more aggressive rate hikes than what we got from the Fed yesterday. 
Well, I mean, the, the ECB needs to hike more because they were much, much later to the party and obviously they had much harsher inflation. Uh, though we are definitely seeing signs of, of inflation turning down in Europe. So, um, and the question will be, I mean, we're pretty certain that, that the, the ECB are going to hike 50s, whether they talk, they are definitely going to hike 50 the next time. Uh, I'm not so sure they'll be able to, but and the Fed has definitely made room for them. They'll be very happy about how the Fed have, have places. It gives them a lot more room. You can see the strength of the euro to the dollar up to 110, and it went slip below parity only a few months ago. So in the last six months, the euro has been much, much stronger. Um, that'll help, I, I think, in, in tightening conditions in Europe. At the same time, they're about to start quantitative tightening in the beginning of March. And the balance sheet for the ECB is actually collapsing quicker than the Fed. So... You know, in some senses, the, the ECB is catching up a lot of steam. A 50 basis point hike uh, today will narrow that gap to the to the, uh, the U.S., which is hence why the euro is so strong. So the question is whether they'll need to do more after this. I don't think they will. I think they'll drop back to 25, but they won't be able to show it any weakness, and they'll be all all harsh and, and what have you. The Bank of England. Well, we could have almost any result, Nathan. It's quite extraordinary. Bear in mind, two of the uh, Monetary Policy Committee voted for no change last time, but the committee overall voted for 50 basis points. In theory, you could think that they would therefore argue for a cut today. I'm sure they won't, but all sorts of possibilities could be up there. I'm expecting 50, but for them to say this is pretty much it. However, it could be 25. It could be, we just don't know. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.